0: Is a magical operation of maximum importance, the initiation of a new aeon. When it becomes necessary to utter a word, the whole planet must be bathed in blood. Ah uh, yes, welcome to Dead House Whispers. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. I am Calypso, and welcome back to Deadhouse Whispers. That intro to, like, this starting thing is so relaxing, I almost fell asleep. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, welcome back to Deadhouse Whispers, where we talk everything Deadhouse Sonata related be it books, movies, TVs, video games, yada, yada, yada. Um, and as always, I am joined by my other host, Faceless Mike.
1: Hello, greetings, welcome. Mike's just Welcome doing it. all the stuff in the
0: background. <clears throat> yep, every every time he sets up in the background. So yeah, uh, this this week uh, we're actually gonna be talking about another uh, Dead House Sonata audio drama that dropped yesterday, and it's so good. It's so good. Um, it's called Of Luck, um, <laughs> and yeah, I I love it, man. Like I'm loving these things. I think the story, like like they're they're the good amount of length. They're the right amount of length without being so over we've gotten, to move,
1: we've gotten to movie level proportions yeah
0: definitely there's music the music over did the music in this episode is fantastic like there's some great ambient music going on the voice acting is once again top notch it's just great all around. yeah i uh love it i love it
1: like each one of them now they're like the bones of half an hour Yeah, like you're talking in around half an hour each, which I think is nuts. When you put it all together, by the time this game comes out, it will have more background lore than most AAA releases do when they launch, like entirely in the game. This will be pre-background lore from even before the game starts.
0: Yeah, exactly. Not to mention uh, all the stuff that will come
1: afterwards. (laughs) But
0: no, this one of luck uh, centers around well, I guess previously in the episode, um, in the uh, the episode where uh, the the, with the Anai um, a lark travels to you know meet the Anai, like a tribal people, he discovers a moon door. He goes through the moon door. He discovers a strange object called the crucible. And in this episode of Luck, he decides to do um, some experiments with the crucible, and and hijinks ensue. And there's some great banter back and forth with uh, him and the ghoul once again uh, reinforcing that buddy cop <laughs> that buddy cop drama uh, i want to see is, that i want i want to see, see it too even if it's a joke on april <laughs> on april fool's day i want a buddy cop drama with alaric and the ghoul
1: <laughs> oh it'll be so fun i have a weird feeling you know you know dang well george george would totally be up for that and the rest 100%. of the guys, and just a shout out if any of them are listening, because I know George watches these from time to time, and he likes to catch up. He told me about that last night. Hi, George. Hi, Chris, and everyone else involved. Hey. Y'all are killing it, figuratively yeah. and literally.
0: Great job. <laughs> great job, everyone. Like, it's great. It's great. Like George, George, uh, keep keep going strong, man. <laughs> you're good. You're good. I loved. Uh, it was actually kind of funny. This episode was pretty funny too. There was some uh, some banter, or so, some like talk with him and the soldiers and like these soldiers burst into Alaric's uh laboratory because uh some stuff happens with the crucible and he's trying to cover it up and it's very like it reminded me of um gosh what is it of uh what we do in the shadows where like those two <laughs> those like those yeah. bumbling idiot cops walk in and like clearly there's stuff wrong going on here but they just completely are oblivious to it all it's it's great it's great i,
1: I got i got my italian job fixed off that you've only gone and blown the bloody roof off <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> how those were put in but i know it's meant to be mildly serious but a bit more tongue in cheek but i really yeah. i really enjoyed that so we can give a brief little summary because you should check it out because nothing we say could ever come close to like getting the, first Actually, the experience so yeah. the way the chronicles have been going with the latest ones we're getting like readings from alaric's diary about how things have progressed um after season one, it's basically the adventures of Alaric after he's captured the ghoul and his progression onto that. As I don't want to spoil the story, but it will unfold itself and make more sense once it's all together. So we're getting Alaric's um, diaries, and this is a bit after he has gotten this crucible with the help of Venduk from the Anai. Much to Venduk's reluctance He thought it was a bad idea So he gets this crucible And he brings it back to the lab And shenanigans ensue Because you've got a primitive being Trying to understand advanced technology Yeah That's the best way I think you can put it really That's this uh, Sometimes when I watch the stuff like the radio play, I get slightly depressed or overwhelmed By the amount of talent I'm watching And then knowing I still haven't found a thing I excel at just yet that could be dead house 10.
0: Yeah. You can Deadhouse be a dead house streamer and just, you know, be a dead house streamer and then just show
1: off your dead house talents. Hey, there's a load of people that make money just off streaming games on Twitch. They get their yeah. game and then they roll with it because you either have to be funny, really, really bad or really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I think, I definitely think when they eventually, when they enable, um, Content creation for Dead House, whenever that is, be it like map design or whatever modding. I think that'd I be know something. that's cool a big
1: priority.
0: To like stream, that'd be really cool to stream because you know you could just show all that stuff off. I know that does pretty well, depending on
1: the game. I'm really curious to see about how much my um, Twitch viewers love or hate me, based on what they do with the stream interaction. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm just, find dead house. I just find dead house, find several one of tarot cards and just, then flip them for $10,000. For $10, of- <laughs>
0: hey, no, 100%, no joke.
1: One off ones, huh? <laughs> one, yeah,
0: exactly. You could, uh, you could even do like, like those reject tarot cards. Like, like the, the jokey ones where it's, you know, like the hierophant or whatever, but it's, it's just like a picture of like a cartoon donkey or something. We've mentioned...
1: We've mentioned April Fools. That's come into my head twice yeah. about things that could be really funny to do in Dead House. We were joking in my Discord earlier clip, so We were saying that, like, you know, it'd be funny to troll people because we joked about this last night with George when Tim was there. That um, it would be funny if like the ending of Dead House is just like a crazy left turn, and then we yeah. brought up in my Discord today like the start of like like age 11 or whatever, right? Years down the line just, just started. Just, all of a sudden, your character's eyes start. started, you're finally awake. <laughs> God damn it, Todd Howard. I would Tom love that. Howard. Would love that. Tom no. Howard, you did it again. Uh,
0: the <laughs> ending of Dead House should be the ending of Monty Python and the Holy Grail.
1: <laughs> oh, they all get arrested. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that should be it. Or oh, monkey, hey, I- monkey Island. Oh, yeah, Everyone Monkey gets, Island, yeah. wakes up and comes out of the carnival ride.
0: The new Monkey Island, I guess, is doing pretty well. There's new Monkey Island out, everybody. You should check it out.
1: It is very much for fans of point and click and other Monty, Monty Python levels of humor because it is very British humored. If yeah. you like British humor, it is great. A lot of people seem confused. There's that big cultural divide still in the U.S.? There's people that get British humor and then people that are just looking at it perpex going, I don't understand.
0: Yeah, that's still a thing. That's still That's always going to be a thing. Um, what's this say? Uh, getting arrested, I'll go out swinging against the holy beast in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, n- uh, and speaking of holy beasts, um, the, the ghoul in this episode, um, it provides a little bit more information. Like, like I, a Lark does that thing that I thought a Lark was gonna do where he uses the ghoul's nose and like sense of smell because it's so great to sort of figure out what the technology is and the ghoul can't pinpoint or figure out what the crucible is, or if there even is a crucible because the ghoul doesn't have any eyes or something. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um,
1: well this ghoul doesn't have eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, not, they're I thought not that necessary was necessary for ghouls really. Yeah.
0: I thought that was really cool that like, wait a minute, he has this technology and the ghoul doesn't know what it is. That's crazy. And then the ghoul, there's a creepy part at the end where like the ghoul, uh, gets gets out of his cage or something, right? Or it's a it's dark. If I it's <laughs> dark, I think. And Alaric's like, "Oh, where are you going?" Blah, blah And like, uh, Frankenstein stuff is going on. And it's yeah, it's just it's a lot. Please listen to this episode. It's really good.
1: I thought a lot of what the ghoul brought to the table was fascinating. For example, we, <clears throat> the audience. Yeah. <clears throat> understand what this is we know what the crucible is we're familiar with whites we get the idea right mm-hmm. this is we know it. he talks about swirling green energy we know that's essence we're aware yeah. of this, right but yeah. alaric has no idea these are new concepts to him he's not familiar with any of this at all yet he's like oh it's meant to be a weapon and the girl's like no it's a prison showing that there's a far far deeper understanding and meaning to these things that alaric just completely blows over oh yes of course it is look i can see a little guy in there blah blah, blah. And He said it's making jokes and all like that and he doesn't understand but then when he sets it off the scream sounded very yeah, familiar to i like that
0: i love that detail i love that the whole oh wait a minute the screams of the wraith are here what like that was cool
1: that was because it's essence it's pure essential energy Mm -hmm. so what does that do what does that mean my other favorite one being when alaric was saying about through the stones and he goes like ah waystones he's like wait wait you know what these are he's like yeah of course we do it's like you're just like oh so these use them all right then He says, this doesn't bring you underground. It brings you to different places, far to the lands, far away, beyond the sea, beyond the sky. But Alaric dismisses it. He thinks the ghoul's talking nonsense, but that is a major lore drop when you think about it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's very telling about what things are. Now, going to bend your mind a little as well. When we go back to the previous episode, Venduk and the Anai don't seem to be afraid of the dead. Now, people misunderstood when I brought this up earlier. It's like, yeah, but they're not afraid of death. I didn't say death, the dead. They are nomadic wanderers, but they have no defenses or didn't present any defenses against the dead, which either means they work with them or they have some type of protection against them. They don't see them as a threat because they're not very overly concerned with the way they live. <clears throat> so they either have ways to repel them, or they have something that they can do to appease the dead. Yeah, that I think is very interesting, and most people didn't touch upon.
0: Hmm. I think they're magically inclined, and they're just hiding it because of the the Thracian Empire or the Thracian Empire and uh, and like how anti magic or this or that they are because they think it's part of the dead house. I find it ironic that the eyeless monster knows that there are other planets and life on them. Um, but the man with sight does not. Yeah, that's interesting like too. The man with sight doesn't. I mean, the the, the the man, the fuck, what's that saying? The the In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Um, and I guess the ghoul uses his nose as an eye, sort of.
1: Yeah. but he said everything he told him about he was there was soot there was the dust of many days on him on his feet there was the du- there was dirt that hadn't seen sunlight mm-hmm. i love that so,
0: like see all that little stuff is so cool like the pinpointing of the the just the details because, like, the, because the ghouls of Alaric
1: Alaric tossed him the flesh that had been reanimated it's like did that do anything he's like you can't hurt us this way yeah yeah i thought that was great i love it i love it I that's because the, the google um, knew exactly what it was he's just sitting yeah. shop, he's just sitting shop mm.
0: i like the um the experiments Alaric did with the crucible and how the fish i thought the fish thing was awesome it was really cool um
1: you know it was a case of let's throw everything in it and see what happens yeah exactly exactly <laughs>
0: like i think the whole the flesh thing like the uh the image of i have this like bake this piece of like bacon flesh or whatever um and i'm gonna try and reanimate it and it moves and it's got this twitchy thing going on it was really creepy and then he throws it to the ghoul and ghoul eats it um <laughs> i thought the fish was neat uh the penultimates of this episode is a lark finally decides to do human testing and he gets like the freshest cadaver and then um he uh struggles to get the body inside chains it change the body up um hovers the crucible like above the dead human's heart leaves it there decides nothing happens um and then comes back and he's gone it's a frankenstein moment but and it's dark and the ghoul is you know taunting alaric and and um i dun, love the dun, idea uh, of it
1: bringing it, it the crossbow to bed the silver crossbow. I've been walking up the stairs with like this blanket type thing over him, snuggling this like this little crossbow as he's going up the stairs. Like, what the hell's wrong with him? It's like, maybe he knows shit you don't. Why is the inquisitor yeah. going? Why is the grand inquisitor going to bed with a silver tip crossbow? Uh, I don't feel safe.
0: The the test with the live mouse would mean would that mean that even if he has aimed the crucible at his own face, nothing would have happened to him. Oh, to the mouse that was lying. No. Um, so
1: here's the thing. Remember, he was experimenting. The crucible had three settings. It was like off. Yeah. It was like primed. And then there was fire. Like as in column of green flame. Yes. And then he blows off the roof of his, of his laboratory. Yeah, everything he was doing was in primed. It wasn't set off, it was primed, and that's when the stuff was escaping. So yeah, if he put his hand over it when it was like that, nothing would have happened. Now, stuck his head over and hit fire, probably blown to pieces. Yeah. Although I have a feeling that could be a fun and interesting special move the White might be able to do, maybe.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. Freaking suicide bomb yourself or whatever. Um like seeing it makes me question like uh like so we know about whites from the of whites episode and this the crucible is clearly the the precursor to that yes um so when when does of whites take place within you know or or does of whites take place way after when he uh does all his experiments years later?
1: Well, the fun part of that Come is, on. and I don't want to be annoying with the lore, but you can all tell. It. One, the start of every episode gives a date and a year. Oh yeah, so you'll be oh, able yeah. to tell that. Duh. But just to spell it out, because I know it's going to be a lot of work if people want to go and look up each particular one. So, season one would be looking back. These are notes. This is what Alaric said about vampires. This is what Alaric okay. said about whites. This is what Alaric said about blah. Season two is this is a story. Here's the start of it, and we're going along the journey. You know, so yeah. that way you can take it as that because the notes, like let's say on of whites or of ghouls, these are written in hindsight. So these mm-hmm. were written after, yeah. and then re- he wrote down what had happened. Keep in mind this isn't a story being told from Alaric. Like we're re- listening to his notes, to his notes. because you know? he knowledge. said, I didn't like, he wrote down, I didn't say what I did to trigger the configuration because that information is too dangerous for anyone else to read. Yeah. So he like, we don't know because it was not written down.
0: Do they, does Alaric, does Alaric, I can't remember. I got to listen to it again. Does, does Alaric explain what the crucible looks like?
1: Uh, vaguely.
0: Vaguely. Because I got it's very small, Hellraiser puzzle box.
1: No, it, you'd imagine he, the way he like described it, it's like probably a bit bigger than a basketball. Okay. It's spherical but he said describes like there's contraptions and stuff on it. So it's not like just a silver ball, but what he did describe well is at the front of it, there's a glass, like a looking glass porthole type thing. And it is incredibly resilient and he can't damage it with anything.
0: And if we go and I'm Googling this, if we go and Google the whites of dead house Sonata, actually, I wonder if that's actually going to show up anything on Google. What the heck?
1: That sounds like the worst calendar ever. The, is, whites. Yeah, <laughs> the whites, not the not winter, cal- winter
0: calendar. So what's going on, Google? Google's yeah. freaking out. It doesn't want to do
1: anything for me. I got you.
0: But yeah, the uh, yeah. the whites look like.
1: Yeah, you could get a look at some of the concept art that gives you. It's a fairly astute approximation of one
0: yeah of what the the globe thingy looks like because i what the fuck
1: in my minds i i saw a double pyramid eight sided no that's a octahedron there that is <laughs> yeah No, if you just look up like the Deadhouse Sonata one, even on the main page, the main concept pictures for the white, it gives you a very good idea of what it is. Even the ones with giant stick man, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the really thin, tall looking. That's my, that's
0: like my, one of my favorites is the really thin looking whites, the creepier ones, Mm. the ones that have all the spikes or whatever, like an angry Sonic. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's cool. um yeah no um see now i just want the next episode because like like that's if that's one thing that these episodes have going for them is that they leave you wanting more and like kind the of, like, next two
1: are going to be story mind-blowing
0: i bet i believe it
1: angry sonic you mean shadow yeah essentially yeah <laughs> Jenny, and that's always the case. Yes, it is. Although, here's the fun one: once this season is over, who wants to join me in Discord and sit down and binge the whole lot in one go? That'll be
0: fun. That'd be
1: fun. <laughs> Longest movie ever. Just like right? what is it? The amount that this done, it'll be like it'll be well over three hours.
0: Oh yeah, it'll At be uh, uh, well, thirty minutes an episode. Two episodes is an Ish.
1: hour. Ish. Thirty-ish. I'd like uh, to binge that. That would be really fun. I wonder could we get away with putting them back to back on a stream here, just like giving silly commentary over it? Oh, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Under the pond, that's what I'm looking forward to. Anyone, by the way, just because we didn't get to do this at the start, if you're new to this or have not been around before, don't forget, check out deadhousesonata.com. Uh, join the Discord because you can join the Discord of all the chaos where we talk about the lore and everything on the yeah. official dead house discord and uh, get in on everything basically. Cause uh, we're, get, we're getting, we're getting closer, we're getting closer. So people might want to start being around more for the next while for some of the reveals that might be coming down the line. I definitely, definitely encourage it
0: the dark collection theory where you did that for like 6 hours to get through the entire thing. What is the dark yes. collection What, is, the, what uh, is that? maybe
1: the Dark Pictures Anthology. Oh, oh, Anthology. oh 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 yeah, those play those PlayStation games like So, a lot of people don't know this, but I've kind of a tradition now of every year <clears throat> when there's um a new Dark Pictures game, I on launch day or within days of it depending on what day of the week it falls, I will sit and stream the whole game with oh, right. my stupid silly commentary as well and my girlfriend joins me and we make complete shows of ourselves making jokes about everything that's going on and it started years ago actually when i was on when i was first beginning on twitch i streamed uh, the original one you know until dawn yeah oh yeah that, yeah that's the name of it i couldn't that took name. me like eight streams that was a while that that was long I was back when faceless Mike had to wear a mask, and it took a lot longer because I could only do about max one an hour and a half without being able to have a breathing and heat issues on the thing. But now, yeah, no, we don't even put our cameras on or anything. We just like stream the game, so you get a yeah. full view. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that'll be interesting because uh, little did I know, I found out uh, over the last week. When was it actually? I'll give you the exact date because it was it was Isn't the thirtieth. Yep, there should be a new one. I can't believe they missed it for Halloween, but last uh, Sunday, was it Sunday was the 30th? Yes, Sunday was the yeah. 30th. That was my Twitch anniversary, as they call it in the business. Would you believe I've been streaming on this bloody platform under faces Mike since 2014?
0: I I should get back to streaming. I haven't streamed in a long time. <laughs>
1: 2014, dude, that's a while. Like that creeps up on you in a bit. There's been a lot of changes. Yeah,
0: dude. It's been that's been that's almost 10 years. That's crazy.
1: Oh my god, it's nearly 10. I didn't even yeah, think Yeah, man, it's almost 10 years. Yet. Oh Next year is
0: 23, dude.
1: Need need to need to start planning something for the 10 year anniversary. Holy <laughs> crap. Um but yeah, one of the things I tweeted out that I thought was amazing was like when I started streaming on twitch like i'd streamed before but i dabbled in it i didn't do it properly i didn't have a set up i was just kind of messing around and then when i done the faceless mic, one it was actually when we were doing a lot of horror stuff we were yeah. on a horror website and we were doing conventions it was big into the horror scenario but calypso you're kind of streaming now <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah um so like i was streaming and just spitting around and stuff and I was like okay I'm gonna take this seriously as a hobby hobby because I've always wanted to do it because I love gaming like growing up I think a lot of people are streamers because they grew up at that couch co-op with their friends and they just used to make snarky remarks and stupid comments and it was really funny so it's like well let's take that to the internet and that's where that's where it comes from so in that time I went from a major career change personally, which I'm not going to explain on here, but I went through a major career change personally. And then we moved from horror to more video games. And I would, like, if you'd have told me back in 2014 that in a few years' time, not only will you be able to stream and have an audience streaming Blood Omen Legacy of Cain on PC, but you'll be working with the dude that made it yeah dude. on a that's new cool version i like holy crap like because things happen incrementally and you don't take a look back and see how far you've come and i've gotten to the point where i actually got to live out a childhood dream of being able to one work in the games industry which is not a huge leap people tell you it is it's not go get skilled up you can get jobs there's plenty of jobs in the gaming industry but then getting lucky enough to work with a guy that i idolized as a hero growing up like that's nuts yeah you that's,
0: know that's pretty awesome dude that's that's like did awesome.
1: you think years ago calypso because i know you and half of the chat here have as well if someone told you a few years ago hey you know that game you really like would you like to sit in a discord and chat with the guy that made it
0: yeah i never thought in a million years that would happen man like like never in indie
1: games year. maybe on a smaller scale but someone of that caliber is no mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. like yeah, never in a million years. It's because it's just it's it's unfathomable, I think, with how far like this sort of streaming technology thing or whatever has come to where uh, it's like you just don't you don't really gr- think about it or gr- understand it really until something big happens, you know, or like, or unless you're like Mr. Beast who analyzes like everything, <laughs> every five seconds, you know, then you'll understand. But I think just as a, as a casual person or a casual streamer, like me, um, or Varick or someone else, um, you don't really get it. You know, like, and I haven't yeah, streamed I in a long time. Holy moly.
1: Casual streamer, Mr. Casual streamer mr coy over here i can see what's on the views you get in your youtube channel
0: <laughs> nah hardly any honestly i'm surprised i've gotten as many subscribers and views as i have recently but then it's like it's like there's a that's the other thing uh if you guys don't uh follow me on youtube you can follow me on youtube just look up Deadhouse sonata anything and chances are i will come up my channel is calypso um I and he's on
1: twitter there if you twitter. go that he tweets it out he tweets them out frequently
0: at, at NecroLibriatus, uh, my old channel name before I just went back to my regular username that I go by for everything. It's like, if you talk about something that someone's going to like, of course it's going to get a thousand views, but then sometimes people will get 30 and it's very weird. And we were talking about the algorithm earlier. And um, thank you, uh, thank you
1: for that. Most developers uh, from games we love don't work, don't in, the work in the industry anymore. anymore. That's also That's true, sad, or they, or they moved on to something ind- else. Ind- a sad, sad indictment of how the industry works. Yeah. Yeah, like it's I think a, yeah, a lot of big. them even
0: a little bit and kudos to Dennis for being so nice. Yeah, Dennis is awesome. I think um it's crazy that that uh like Amy Hennig, I know everyone wants Amy Hennig to come back to Legacy of Kane, but I don't even know if she's working in video games anymore. Is she I think she's working at Google or something.
1: I don't you know? see Amy wanting to come back because Okay, this is where I'm going to get even more hate. It's like but let's do it. This is my platform that <laughs> okay. you share. Yeah, let's I do can it. do this. Okay, the legacy of Kane community is gonna kill me, but keep in mind I'm covered in the tattoos. I am one of you. I'm just speaking from experience. Okay, it's not happening, it's it's just not happening. The dream you have as amazing as it might be cannot happen will there be remakes or reboots most likely it's almost guaranteed with the way the industry has gone they're rebooting absolutely everything i'd be shocked if it didn't happen but the people that done the thing that you really love are gone some of them don't work together some of them may not ever want to work together a lot of them are dead most of them seen what we love like we loved it this was a major part of our lives some of them only seen it as a paycheck keep that in mind this was just a job to some people you see now we're at an age now where people grew up in the gaming industry and want to make video games because they absolutely love video games most of the developers even for companies you don't like got into the industry because they love making video games it's other people that ruin it later on the line we will yeah that's another discussion for another day but that's normally some type of managerial department that ruins things but everyone even the people that make the churned out games every year do actually love what they're doing and want to make the things better they're working really really hard i work with this in two areas these people work really hard on something they really love right so keep that in mind back in the day a lot of people seen this as an easy cash grab because it earned a lot of money for not a lot of work, and that's why they walked out of it. The ones that are still here have a passion for it. Like, I can tell you, that's where Dennis got into gaming. Dennis was a big gamer nerd like we are, and that's why he wanted to get into video games. There's a lot in the industry like that. Not everyone in the industry is like that, unfortunately. But to what I was saying with Legacy of Cain, dude, a lot of the people that were there are dead. Unfortunately, because like it's it it was back in nineteen ninety-five, for God's sake, when this thing started. Like there's time. The other side is I don't think the industry would work for the way you'd think it would. Like at the moment, me and Calypso have like waxed philosophical on this. Calypso done a great video actually about the wishes, like what I'd wish to see and all like that. That's very good. Like theorizing realistically, we're probably gonna get some type of um ports some type of like oh hd remaster of like legacy of Kane games on a cartridge or even if it's just like soul reaver one two and defiance or something like that right and then gauged on the popularity of that you might see companies doing remakes yeah who I... when how, why no Don't idea because nothing's been discussed yet And they seem to be very transparent, because when they put out that survey, that's not just, oh, we want to BS people. That's the, okay, the money people have agreed, so what do you guys want?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know specifically, specifically, not for any of the other games, but specifically for Soul Reaver 1, they are working on something, whether that's just trying to get the rights back to it, or or fix it up, fix the PC port up a little bit, um, or something with the music and Kurt Harland and, and his music or whatever, um, something with whoever owns the rights to the one song that was on an album. Those,
1: that those released, games, like, those games like Soul They're doing Reaver something 1. with Soul Reaver 1. Yeah, let's, let's look at Soul Reaver 1 for a second, right? It's a very linear, direct game. Not shitting on it at all. Like, don't forget, yeah. I, I, I played these games too. Big fan of the games too, right? But Soul Reaver is a very trimmed, basic game. You can see what happened. They actually had like a really good game and then they cut it in half for whatever reasons. People are like, oh, money could have been a size issue. They might end up I definitely all fit on it the there's, yeah. there's There's so many things. Maybe they weren't going to get this half finished. So they're like, hey, we can take this bit and Make it a game, and we'll do a second one. You know, there's many reasons other than money. Money is a big thing, but it probably cost more money to publish two games than it would have been to just publish one. So you've got that. But Soul Reaver One is a very small, linear game. You could remake that with a fairly small team to incredibly high standards nowadays, like a 50, 50 person team from like who is it, Bloober?
0: Yeah, were the yeah. other ones. Could
1: do a, an incredible job, or who was well, the ones that done the Demon Souls one?
0: Yeah, uh, Blue
1: Point. Blue Point. Any any of these groups could do phenomenal work in very short time with something that's that short and linear, like if they're just doing a direct one to one remake like they did with Demon's Souls. But I don't yeah. think they are. I think if they're going to move forward with this, they want to enhance it and make it bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Blood Omen One, I think, would be a problem. Because if you go well, to modernize Blood Omen one, like Blood Omen is significantly bigger game than Soul Reaver. The difference is yeah. people look at Soul Reaver wrong because they're like, oh, but it's 3D and not, yeah, but it's a small short game. It was small, 3D when,
0: when 3D was still early. Like that's yeah. the other thing.
1: Like... Yeah. Blood Omen, if you look at it, it's 2D and the world is massive. Like yes. it's, it's massive for the the, the the size and time that game was released. It was huge. So like If you imagine them doing like a Demon's Souls version of that, where they take like Blood Omen and make it a big 3D game, that's a triple A studio and four years of work, minimum. Yeah, but four to six years.
0: Let me let me me remind you, my friend. Um, If you go and you look up a picture of Team Silent, who worked on Silent Mm -hmm. Hill One, Two, and Three um, back in the 90s and the early 2000s, guess how many people were on that team? Googling now there were like seven people tops
1: yep but for all, team, again a team all silent back in the day fairly good veterans though they all knew what they were doing that's true
0: yeah exactly you see don't
1: like get those nowadays now no. you will have maybe two or three experienced devs. Or programmers and a load of newbies out of college. Now don't crap yeah. on the newbies out of college. Everyone starts somewhere. Remember that. Yeah. But that's the way they normally make it up in order to get things rolling. Like that's unless that's you're uh, Sony Santa Monica, oh, and then you just have a small army. of- Yeah, players, exactly. Yeah.
0: I know that's like Tem Tem Tem's bringing up Blizzard a lot here. Um, I miss yeah. I miss Blizzard's <laughs> old model by gamers for gamers. Um, like that's that's a thing. Yeah. But think about it. Diablo one and two were developed by a team of like twenty people. And it started out with just a dude and some of his friends, like five people just working on a game outside of a uh, fresh out of college in like his house. And then they, you know, but that's what games that's started going.
1: That's Diablo what it was One. back in the day. Now yeah, Diablo a small One team, Prime a small example, team yeah. is
0: like a hundred people. Now it's, that's a small team is a hundred people.
1: Well, back in like, the day, it didn't cost as much. It could be no, made quick and it's easy. So and then yeah. it was pumped out quick and easy, which means yeah. bad games were bad. But good games are really good because it was a very simple premise. Now, a game studio is on par with a production studio for a movie or for an album and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people, a lot of moving pieces and stuff like that. Like, it's never been easier to make a game, but it's also way bigger, harder, more competitive market.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Look at the App Store. Doesn't matter what type of phone, Apple, Android, whatever. Just open the App Store and scroll. That'll Mm -hmm. tell you everything you need to know. You know,
0: like, I know we've talked a lot about the gaming industry on this podcast and it's just, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I think I was watching a thing on black and white, a documentary on black and white, like last week with Peter Molyneux and all the old guys from Lionhead and stuff, uh, did interviews. And when they were working on black and white, mind you, it was a small team, but everything had to be done by hand they needed a gra- uh, a guy purely for artificial intelligence programming. They needed a guy purely for 3D graphics, uh, creation, and design. They needed a guy for that. Like they needed a guy for writing and music and blah, 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 blah. But it was a small team and you had to do everything by hand. Nowadays, you and me could get together and we could make a video game with Unreal Engine or Unity. Um, and that like sort of... Carving it out of your own isn't there anymore because you have the middle engine to go to, but that just makes game development easier. But I think we've mentioned a lot of this before. It's like, it's not about the developer anymore. It's about the, it's yeah. not about the engine or whatever. It's about the developer behind it. Tim um, said something here. The video game industry.
1: Oh, pull it back earns up.
0: More, thank you. The video game industry earns more profit than Hollywood. Liking games is the norm. Liking movies is fringe and nerdy now. Kind of, of. there's still big movie nerds out there.
1: But you Um, see, the difference is the age. So people get really confused with that because right mm -hmm. now, like we'll take America. America is a perfect example because America, I don't know if you realize, America is like the number one gaming market for the most part. Like you've got Russia and China, but like right now, like America, like 99% of most of the money will come from America for any particular video game, right? If you look at the average American public and start talking to people on the street, most of them will think they don't like video Oh, that's for kids. Why would I do that? But the vast majority of Americans play video games. It's because it's a generational and age thing. Give it another 20 years and us old folks will be the ones in the nursing homes playing video games and everyone will consider it the norm. It's a passing of the torch, you know. Uh, video games make more money is because it's better and easier to monetize a video game than anything else. Like once you buy an album, you've bought the album. I think you're muted there, dude. All right. Yeah. Once you buy an album, you've bought the album. You can listen to it a hundred times. Like Spotify doesn't charge you, like Spotify gets a subscription service. Now, but imagine if Apple charged you like one cent every time you wanted to play the song, right? That's a horrible idea. Don't take it. Someone out there is listening. Is watch do- Someone from Apple no. is going to do exactly yeah. that. <laughs> um, but like, that's what the video game industry is doing. And it's good and bad. Like there is the, the, the thing itself isn't inherently evil. It's how it's used. So once you've watched a movie, you've watched the movie. We had a way to monetize movies. It was called renting. Blockbuster yeah. and stuff is dead. Our Man. renting now yeah. is Netflix where you're paying. For yeah. Service, where are you paying right? a
0: subscription. Yeah. But
1: if you buy a DVD, you own the DVD. But the way video games work is not only when you watch the DVD, if you want to watch the special features, you're paying more money. But it's in such a way that you're quite happy to pay more money, you know? Because if yeah. you don't, the game just goes bankrupt and the company goes out of business. But they figured out a way to make it more accessible. Free-to-play is how the future goes because it's no barrier to entry, and then they'll stay if it's good. If they yeah. stay in it's good. You can charge people for different various in-game items, cosmetics, DLC, whatever whatever your mechanics are, you can do it that way. Free-to-play games earn exponentially more than the triple A ones, the standard triple A70 to the point where standard triple A70 ones are starting to throw the microtransactions in. Mm, it's common. No, yeah,
0: exactly. So, they are you know? they're throwing in, they're throwing in a bunch of DLC. Thanks, fucking Todd Howard. Um, but <laughs> take
1: a look, take a look at what is the biggest selling game in the world. Well, or rather, what makes the most money? It's single player games. No, but do you know what game made the most money?
0: No. Recently, no
1: Grand Theft Auto.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: Grand Theft Auto and Skyrim.
1: Grand Theft Auto has made, as a single piece of media, more money than any singular thing. And that's for the online. That's for the online. Yep, any other industry thing at all. Music, sports, anything. Like, it's made more. And that online component's free to play, by the way. You don't need Grand Theft Auto anymore to get it. You can just go on to, like, the PlayStation Store and download the online.
0: I think it's crazy that an entire generation... Grand Theft Auto 5 was the game that they played as kids and now they feel nostalgic for it when they're teenagers because it's been released and re-released so many times. Like that's just insane. Same thing with Skyrim, like like there's an entire generation of people who played Skyrim as a kid and now they're old enough to look back on it nostalgia, nostalgic like and I can't and, open uh, my mouth talking yeah, about the release oh man they're remastering Skyrim I played this game great as a kid like
1: (laughs) I can't I can't say anything Todd Howard got me quite a few times Magic 3 I bought it on this I bought it on the switch I bought it in the PSVR so I can't say anything about Todd Howard he has got me a few times you are the problem (laughs) yes I am the problem but I did not buy the horse armor
0: I think uh I think what's crazy is the people who think not well not crazy sorry uh vr elitists um not it's not crazy i do believe vr is in the future but i don't think vr is the future vr as much as i would like vr to be no i don't think the traditional keyboard and mouse or control or a regular controller can't won't replace or vr won't replace that vr won't replace a cheap monitor that you can buy, and
1: it's because it takes you, know, you out of the out of reality, which is the point. But that's also the problem. So you're sitting in VR, your VR,
0: truly immerses you in yeah. the experience. But yeah, the experience is usually short. And
1: I put VR being the video game equivalent of going to the cinema or listening to vinyl. It'll always be there. It'll always be a very important thing, but it will always be niche. It'll probably be of higher quality than most. But again, vinyl records—that's what it is. That's yeah. to me. That's I love I love vinyl It'll be records, a but they're so expensive. niche. The
0: equipment to run them is so expensive. Um, no, I want to get a yeah. VR because the, the meta the meta sorry the Oculus Quest Pro uh, just released, and it's fifteen hundred dollars.
1: Well, it's for a.
0: For a slight upgrade of the of the Oculus Quest 2
1: headset. Well, that's, that's a lot awesome. worse than uh, you have seen what they done, they just announced the PSVR 2.
0: Yeah, it looks awesome though. It's more expensive you, than
1: the PS5, which yeah, is yeah, part it requires the a PS5
0: and accessory. Like, so you're, I'm spending a thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, it's more expensive. Which don't get me wrong, like it's probably worth the tech. Right? Yeah, it's it's probably worth it. But like as I was saying you can't like again right we're playing video games i'm sitting on the couch or maybe it's like a young kid you're playing a switch mom calls for dinner put that down pause it literally drop it on the table walk away and all like that you have to rig yourself up into vr yeah and you have to come out of it and then there's also time limits on playing it because i don't know about the rest of you it's an hour i have played more than an hour you will pay for it it hurts yeah like it causes problems you feel a bit sick like I don't get motion sickness but after an hour I I, I plug myself into Skyrim big mistake big mistake great fun playing Skyrim on the PSVR but there was a certain point where it's like wow I've got a I feel a bit bit sick a bit sore it's like I'm hungry I better eat something eat something in the Skyrim was like wait a minute no I'm actually hungry <laughs> you start getting the disconnect between reality and all or the other one is where you take it after, like I'm really tired. I've literally yeah. just stood in place for like two hours, but your brain is under the illusion that I've been running the whole time, mm-hmm. but I haven't. Mm-hmm. It's a weird disconnect, you know.
0: Boom! You just spent twelve hours in virtual reality slaying dragons. I only yep. even mind even to play before dinner. Yeah, That's like it. it's like uh, see, I would see, I would like VR to. The problem with VR is that the tech that people truly think will be revolutionary to gaming or productivity or whatever with VR is years and years and years away.
1: If that, until you decades, can wirelessly, until you can wirelessly stream with the headset so that you yeah, don't need until, that until it
0: looks you. like a pair of glasses, then yeah. it'll never be what people want it. Yeah,
1: to till be. you can pick it up off the desk with no cables put it on your head and use it with like a controller, where it's wireless to your PC or console or whatever, and then your internet is strong enough that you can wirelessly stream the games rather than downloading it, then is when VR will hit its stride. We're just not there yet. We've literally put the cart before the horse. That's the problem. Like the tech isn't strong. Most people do not have a PC even slightly strong enough to run VR. You know? no, Not adequately anyway. Yeah. No. I and if it. so
0: like you could Like I have a PC. I have a mid-range PC, right? Mm-hmm. I can play Skyrim at max settings or whatever at 1080p, but for VR you need like double that, I think, even if it's Skyrim, like
1: I think uh, your base level is like an RTX 3060.
0: Yeah, That's I might like experience actual VR as we dream of it right now, but it will be in like, yeah, 50, like 50 years. years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be in a nursing home flying around in a different world like Superman. Exactly. Yep. Like, no, you won't. won't. We'll be still be
1: playing Skyrim. What's yeah, your-
0: God. Yeah. <laughs> God! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just imagine a Deadhouse v- dead VR experience would be cool. Depends like, on imagine a VR where you go like this with a controller and you're a vampire sucking blood or something. You know?
1: Idea is cool. Uh the production of it would be a disaster <laughs> trying to get all of this right because you can imagine how long and a big team that would take to get that right although right so there is one thing i had no, PSVR, right? the,
0: That is one great thing about vr hold on one second that's one. the great thing about vr is that all like the really good experiences with vr are very short concise and like polished to a t experiences and that's all you really need you know what i mean
1: That's no, that's what I was just actually about to like put out your exact point. I had a thing, or I have a thing on the PSVR Mm -hmm. called uh, Arkham VR. Don't know if you've seen it. Don't know if you know it. Look it up on YouTube. It's great. You won't get the That's experience awesome. of actually playing it, but it's basically like a weird Batman Fever dream, and you get to play through certain key moments in the storyline of it. But just standing there, being in various locations and looking around at things, using your detective mode and like looking at things and working stuff out. And there's a bit like we are literally holding Penguin off the edge of the building type yeah. stuff, or That's like great. and. It, it allows for really cool tricks. So, They do this in normal 3D video games. When I mean 3D, I mean first-person shooters. So think about it in that way. Anything that's in first-person, they do this type of illusion. It just hits different in VR, though. So there's a particular point where you're Batman, and you're in a cage, you look at it, stuff like that, and you're trying to look at things. and. Every time you turn your head to the right, if you turn back to the left, something has changed. And then you turn back to the right and something has changed. Now, it's waiting on you to do that and all. But you personally do like, is that different? And then you're looking at your own reflection and that starts to change because it's stuff to do with Scarecrow and all like that. But that hits different when it's in VR than if you're just playing like a first person game. That really hits different when you start questioning reality and i keep yeah, thinking back great. to like when you said dead house i was like "Who? i wonder because you all seen what he's dennis has done with eternal darkness like i think there could be some really that's what that's exactly what i want
0: shit. i want like a horror a dead house horror experience that you know is like an hour long or less if it really has to be and it's just creepy and it's dead i've got house, the pitch it's, i've it's got the vampires pitch. or whatever no no, no.
1: i've got the pitch i've got the pitch right? It's a one hour experience, right? That's what it is. We're doing it like that. We're going to stick with this premise. You're a human caught in a city that's being overrun by the dead and you've barricaded your house. Ooh. You're trying to keep the dead out by any means necessary. And after an hour, if you could survive let's say some legionnaires like come around to like a back door or something and beat away and will shepherd you off or they get in and you lose yeah would cool. that be cool like a, that's a dead a house real...
0: survival like a dead house survival room or whatever
1: there's your survival horror right there yeah you know especially when you got the ai so like maybe one time you play yeah. it it's just a load of ghouls trying to like tear in through the windows and stuff and another time without you knowing the ghouls are there but then what you think is a centurion comes to the door to help you but it's actually a vampire yeah and you let it in you I think know cool it could be if different it changed up.
0: yeah if it changed up every time or something you have like you have a maybe a lich trying to force their way into your mind or something and like or maybe you have to mind around. other
1: people and the lich can yeah. mind control
0: one of them mm, yeah that'd be cool yeah, see stuff like that'd be awesome, and see and see that's that's where VR like excels is that it can really hone in on something, and and um, run with it really really well. Like, don't get me wrong, a regular game can do that too, but the immersion that you feel in VR, I will admit, is nothing that a regular game can provide you with. Yeah, like if you if you plug in a, a first person view. Um, mod for like The Witcher 3. It might make The Witcher 3 slightly more immersive because you're actually looking around with Geralt's eyes and like the world of The Witcher. But now if you were in a a VR headset and you did that with VR and you're actually looking around with a VR headset in the world of The Witcher, that's like, there's just nothing like it. There's nothing like
1: it. Not going to lie. I spent a good hour and something in Whiterun just like walking around looking at things. I didn't yeah. do anything. I was just like, wow, look, as you get the, the sense of scale based on your character and stuff, and you wanted to look yeah. over. I was like, I wasn't able to just, like, randomly hook my head over the wall and look down from here before, you know? Because you don't do those in first-person games. So when you're in mm-hmm. VR, you're like, you want to creep up to the ledge and look over. It's like,
0: Yeah, see, that's the other cool thing. Like, like the, uh, the sense of awareness of, mm-hmm. like like and getting lost in like oh you actually think there's a fence in front of you but there isn't actually a fence but it feels like it because your brain tricks your body into thinking that it's there you know and like you can like like you said like peek over or like like do this or that behind a corner dude, like stealth I've, games in vr like
1: oh man dude i've had that so i have until dawn rush of blood by the way there's a new one a dark pictures one being brought out for the psvr too but until dawn rush of blood it's um you're sitting in a in like a, a minecart type thing it's kind of like a, a from a fairground it's not quite a roller coaster type thing but it's kind of like one of the cars yeah it's like halfway down the minecart but basically you're sitting down and you can see you're sitting down right and you've got your guns and you're on a track and you're going shooting things it's real fun you talk about getting immersed not feeling about it there's two particular parts in it too, where you like go up and down like onto these long okay. tracks. I actually got that weird feeling of my stomach sinking. Yeah, just and you get yeah, on a roller crazy. coaster, even though I was sitting on my own couch. But I got that kind of whoa feel of going up over the sign and shooting down that you get on a roller coaster. So yeah, it can trick your brain very well. Yeah.
0: No, VR's VR is awesome. Like I I definitely think there's re- room for it. Um, especially for Deadhouse. What's this? There's an undead mission equivalent um and the ai for the humans there is based on what humans do same with the ai for the undead
1: oh for like the dead house vr yeah trick nr1 take the take off doors inside nail them down with a hammer at the stair at a staircase to the first floor now hold the staircase we'll give you a fighting chance this trick only works against zombies that's an interesting one. Now, so this was discussed in the Discord last night. We didn't know there might be zombies or whatever in Deadhouse, but when you listen to Alaric's lore from his of Bloodlines one, it was kind of sounds like what the dead sound like, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, wasn't um I know it mm-hmm. was it in the one was it the vampire episode where he goes through his childhood? Yeah. Yeah. And is that like, is that like a bunch of vampires or is it zombies? Does his dad get turned into a vampire, right? Or is it a zombie?
1: don't know. That's, that's the, I really think it was a vampire, mystery. but I don't know. Um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, like, like that'd be like, a, so, you know, uh, see, I'm going to run with your house idea. You're locked in a house. Yes. It's a, a good idea. idea. Yeah, no, it's a great idea, and it's like a, a a house you can run around and explore. And there's a bunch like, of different,
1: literally, the one behind you, like any of those, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. You're in one of those, and like it's a burned down village, and you can leave the house m- to maybe go to another one, and like your goal maybe is to find things that are resilient to the undead. So board the door up with like silver chains or something, or fire somewhere, whatever. It's the undead, ah,
1: quick, get the silver. Uh,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> like uh, the childhood story was either mindless vampire thralls or actual zombies. Yeah, I thought so. That's what I was thinking. Something along with the vampires maybe, or it could be zombies, like fish, people, the uh the freaking drowners in the witcher uh, are just mm. dead people who drowned and they come back to life.
1: Sorry. I um, just keep thinking of the most horribly bad, like time jokes for all of that. Like, wow, where's the silverware? You start pulling all the good silver out It's like, but that's my good silver cup that's for a special occasion this is a special occasion this is- yeah <laughs> i'm gonna
0: spoon someone to death with a silver spoon
1: hey we do a lot more damage against any of them than any other weapon you'll pull out
0: yeah yeah like see now you got me my, my mind racing for um what a really cool dead house vr experience would be like that could be for the human one the undead one like like there's a there's a VR game called The Mage's Tale, and it's a spin-off of the Bard's Tale universe where you play as a wizard and you have all these spells. Just re- just do that, but have it be a lich and have freaking a first person VR where you're casting fireballs or or cursing people or whatever as a lich, you know? Or you're a ghoul, maybe you're a ghoul. And the VR experience is what the ghoul sees with his sense of smell. Is it like pitch black and kind of like a daredevil vision thing? What was or... that
1: game that was out before where the character was blind? Blind, yeah. See through like echolocation and yeah. smell. So like when something was there, like it gave off a whiff. And you could tell by the color what it was, but yeah. then like you could like hit things with your stick and get basic echolocation like that. That's how I'd imagine yeah. the Goonies exactly only on a much deeper level. I
0: know exactly what you're talking about.
1: And so I want to play that game um, we're talking about with Gremlins. It starts as a sort of a stray game, but if they get wet, murder, evil, horror.
0: It's called the Veil. The Veil the veil and it released uh last
1: year i suppose the one you were talking about
0: yeah the one with um where you can't see anything
1: mm. but it's amazing the way we can deal with things with technology now for example again we've plugged this many times on the channel but anyone else like hellblade send you a sacrifice that game does some phenomenal work just using headphones it gives yeah. an adequate feeling of like having what like mental illness is like about Mm -hmm. the different various types of schizophrenia and we're hearing voices and what's really funny is different voices in different ears and like somewhere like below you or above you and all like this the spatial awareness on it is incredible and the way it tries to make you doubt what you're doing or maybe like doubt what you're not doing and all with like and this is just with a set of headphones so imagine what we could do in a few years with the technology with this in again niche for vr but it would make a tremendous vr experience like
0: oh yeah oh yeah vr like i think the uh the spatial awareness for vr is really really awesome like i i have an oculus go um you know the basic hundred, the cheapest vr headset you can get and i was thinking of installing and booting up um the gosh what do you call it hellblade the hellblade vr experience yeah. mm. and just doing that with that headset and just plugging the headset into there and just using a keyboard and mouse for everything else um because man the, the way they handle audio in that game is awesome it's awesome and like stuff like that is what v is what good vr will make um yes. the first time i experienced stuff like that when i went wow was fear yeah fear still makes me go wow and it's a freaking 20 year old game now man that's insane
1: that's crazy to think of that's 20 years old yeah, i know right we're Boy, getting on my friend
0: dude it hurts my soul like oh man yeah um but no so like vr vr is definitely i think i would like to see vr in the cards for dead house at some point even if it's a small experience
1: i don't think anything like an outside out of, studio i don't think anything's an off studio. the table I'd say that could be, that could, like, if Deadhouse gets its audience the way we all believe it should and hope it should, I don't see that being off the table, to be honest, because Dennis always loves playing with new technology. So Mm -hmm. I could totally see if someone, like, pitched the idea or if someone else came to him saying, hey, look, we have an idea that we'd want to do this, he would jump right on board with it, Mm -hmm. you know? I could see that being, fear on the hardest difficulty was nail-bitingly hard.
0: I only played Fear on like it, normal and easy mode because I know it's <laughs> ridiculously hard, and the the slow mo with the shotgun is awesome.
1: Um, Speaking of which, you're talking about there bite nail-bitingly hard. So, uh, Calypso, when are you when are you going streaming Elden Ring? <laughs> uh,
0: you'll I need I need to make money from that. So if anybody pays me hundred dollars, uh, I'll stream. Elden Ring there
1: there you all go. If everyone subs to Calypso on Twitch, we'll be able to get him to play yeah, Elden Ring. I'll play Mm-hmm. Just make sure we get some little bit swear button there. Just
0: <laughs> Yeah. I need to, I need to, I need to work on getting my stream deck already. Like I, that, that should be my next investment.
1: Um,
0: but with that, uh, I will play Elden Ring eventually in the future, but for now, for the, the present that we are in now, uh, it's time to wrap this episode up. Yes. So like, Per usual. Uh, if you liked this, you can go ahead and check out anything and everything Deadhouse Sonata related at deadhouse Don't forget to check out Deadhouse Sonata on Twitter and Instagram at Didhouse at, at Didhouse at Deadhouse Game.
1: Um, the Dead House.
0: That's H A U S, my friends. Um also uh yeah, Instagram, Deadhouse, there's a Reddit. There's a Reddit for Deadhouse. You can follow me, Calypso, on Twitter at necrolibriatus. You can follow me on YouTube by just typing in anything Deadhouse, not a related. You can follow Faceless Mike on Twitter at the Faceless Mike, as well as Instagram and Twitch. Um, and uh, yeah, go go do all the social medias, everybody. There's also a Deadhouse Facebook. Um, and go listen to the radio dramas on Spotify if you like and our stuff. And make sure you, you join can find the us Yeah, join the Discord.
1: Join the Discord. Uh, We love having discussions. Yeah. Especially with lore. And by the way, every time the radio plays drop, when there's a new one, almost always, I can't guarantee every time, but almost always, George Lodeau, the lead voice actor, is there in the chat, and we normally jump in and have a bit of a chat afterwards in the Discord, so you can actually get to talk to him yourself.
0: Yeah, and he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy.
1: He's really funny. He's pretty funny, funny
0: too. Yeah, He's funny. He's funny. Um older gamers might know him from Command and Conquer. And gosh, what's the other one? Mech Warrior. Yeah. Yeah, he was in Mech Warrior back in the day. Anyways, um yeah, go ahead and follow George also. I think George is on Twitter at like
1: G- George Ledoux. George if Ledoux, you go, Yeah. If you go anywhere, look George Ledoux, you'll find him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but uh that's that's it for this one. Uh I've been Calypso as well as Faceless Mike. Faceless Mike, and uh, we will see you guys in the next one. See you. Bye, everyone.